You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Oh, it's a big one. It's a big one, folks. Oh, my good God. Okay. We got a lot to talk about here. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, welcome to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. CJ Palmasano here, your host. Uh, this is a very special episode. Uh, we're not going to be talking about any kind of particular subject as far as, like, you know, a certain wrestler or time period or nobody's on just me today, but I got a very very special surprise for you guys today and a very special surprise we'll talk about that in just a little bit but what we're going to be going over a little bit of a preview uh we're definitely going to be talking about what happened at aew revolution uh what happened at uh aew dynamite <laughs> uh that's going to be aew is going to be the big big talking point here and then a few news stories and a little bit what happened on raw I guess a little bit happened on SmackDown. I'll try to get to everything as much as I can. But before I do that, today, guys, I have a very, very special announcement to make. At the time that this podcast goes live, I will have debuted with my band, Hollow Heroes, our first single, Alone, at 9.30 a.m., Eastern Time, you know, New York, New Jersey, that side of the of the U.S. Our debut single alone will be up on YouTube. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. Go find it. You're going to love the video. You're going to love the song. In fact, you're going to love the song right now. I'm going to play you guys my band, Hollow Heroes, very first single on this podcast right for you right now.
Well, I hope you all like that. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, yeah, that is my band, Hollow Heroes. Uh, our YouTube video, our music video for that song just dropped today. Uh, it's on YouTube.com. You just type in alone, Hollow Heroes. We're on Spotify, Apple Music, on Instagram, at uh, Hollow Heroes Band. You're going to be hearing a lot more from this band from us uh, very, very soon in the near future. Um, just wanted to play that all for you guys. Now, enough with the plugging. Here, we're back to pro wrestling, okay? Um, so, why don't we just get right into uh, all the good stuff, huh? Let's let's just get into AEW. Let's just get into AEW. Isn't that great? Okay, so AEW Revolution. Um, I would say that was a fun pay-per-view. That was good. Uh, it was a fun time. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I I enjoyed the pay-per-view. Funny enough, this was the um this was the first AEW show my girlfriend had ever wanted to watch because she had seen online that John Moxley and Kenny Omega were having an exploding barbed wire death match and she's like, "What does that mean?" And I told her, "Well, it's an exploding barbed wire death match. What do you think it means?" Uh so what it was is that they had a exploding barbed wire death match, and she didn't believe me. And I'm like, well, the only way to find out is if you watch, and she did. Uh, she enjoyed the show. She had a good time. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the show. Um, I think my favorite part about the Revolution pay-per-view was probably the exchange between Ray Phoenix and Jungle Boy, and that's a match I didn't know I wanted to see. I want to see Jungle Boy versus Ray Phoenix all the time. And... Pack and uh, Ray Phoenix seem to have won the Battle Royal, uh, so it's going to be Death Triangle versus the Young Bucks in the near future. Uh, the Young Bucks defeated Chris Jericho and MJF. Uh, that was a fun tag match. Um, Sting and Darby Allin uh, versus uh, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. That was fun. Uh, the commentary, I don't know. It just didn't, for something, it just didn't really click with me, but I enjoyed it overall. I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a great, great uh cinematic match and I called that from the beginning all right it's a cinematic match but um that was good um I couldn't get behind Sheeta and um oh my god I'm forgetting her name <laughs> I couldn't get behind the women's uh championship match it was all right it was not bad it's just like I just wasn't invested in the story at all I just was not invested at all um I am fully invested though in Maki Ito uh she is fucking hilarious if you go on her Twitter, just 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 look, just look how fucking funny she is. And there was a beat uh, being the elite video I saw where she surprises the Dark Order and she just goes surprise, motherfucker! And she's got her middle fingers up, Dark Order. Goes, ah! And I think Makaido would fit in very very well with the Dark Order on BTE, especially with her and John Silver. I think they should do some really really fun stuff. Um. And then when we got to, I'm probably I'm kind of skipping over everything, but um, we got to the ladder match. Uh, that was fu- that was a fun match. Uh, I wasn't expecting Scorpio Sky to win, uh, but good for him. He got his uh, TNT Championship match. Now he's turned heel, uh, so I'm excited to see what happens for Scorpio Sky moving forward. Um, what else happened on this card? I would say the best match for me. I would say I had the most fun in the exploding barbed wire death match. Um, now I will preface it this by saying I enjoyed everything up until the quote unquote explosion. I'm just glad that AEW had remedied that and fixed that by the time we had got to Wednesday. So Moxley and Omega were just, just killing each other. And these guys have great, great chemistry. And I hope this is kind of like the cap to their feud, even though it's kind of still going. Um, as we saw in AEW Dynamite this week, that looks like Moxley and uh, maybe Moxley and Kingston can kind of move on to Gallows and Anderson and do a bit of a feud there. Maybe we can see Kingston and Moxley show up on Impact Wrestling. But anyway, um, we had seen this the uh, the quote unquote explosion, and it was a total botch. And um, apparently, the Wrestling Observer had reported that Kenny Omega was, quote, furious, and Fight Vault Select uh, from uh, Sean Ross Sapp, he had confirmed the uh, report from Dave Meltzer and that they, that Kenny was pissed, 
but apparently, uh, oh, it's not necessarily the AEW Pyrotechnics team that is to blame here. It is more or less uh, the outside team they brought to do all of this. And when this is kind of, it was kind of their fault. They didn't really have any apologies. They're just like, eh, well, you know, it is what it is, and that's kind of fucked up if you ask me. Um, because you know, they were supposed to this big dramatic moment. You know, it's the ring's supposed to explode, and it was reported that you know the the first one they tested before the show started worked and everything. Uh, you know, you see Eddie Kingston come out, and he's and he's coming over to, to to protect his his former best friend John Moxley, and you know he's panicking in fear, he passes out, and then it's like a little fucking fireworks show. Where I think somebody said on Twitter that Cody Rhodes has more pyro than than that fucking thing ever did. Which is true. He does have more pyro. And that really put a damper on the end of the pay-per-view. But I tried to go in and say, like, look, I had a fun time watching this pay-per-view. I thought uh, just about every match was fun. I enjoyed myself. um, And it was a good time. I feel like if you spent the money, I think you would have enjoyed this pay-per-view and you would have had a great time watching this show. At least I did up until the very end. Um, But I remember Bully Ray went on Twitter and, and said that... They don't. They only. They always remember the finish at the end of a show, and that's a quote from Vince McMahon. And that's what a lot of wrestling fans will do. They'll just remember the finish. Be like, oh, this, this pay per view sucked. No, the pay per view was fun. Pay per view was fun, man. You you can't just go with well, the analytical things like, oh, well, the why didn't they? Actually, not going analytical. You're doing the opposite. You're just judging it based on one little spot. Um, for me, I enjoyed Revolution. I would recommend it to anybody to watch. Um, because they made up for it on Wednesday which we will get into right now. So, AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday was a lot of fun. Oh, I didn't even talk about Hangman Page and Big Money Matt. That was fun too. <laughs> See, so much stuff happened that I just, I couldn't remember. My brain's been really fried today, guys. I've been super fucking busy. Um, so, we get to AEW Dynamite this past, uh, this past Wednesday. And what we see is we get the opening match between Ray Phoenix and Matt Jackson. This was a lot of fun. Ray Phoenix makes high-flying acrobatic moves uh, look so easy that anybody could do it, that a fat fuck like me could do it. Um, and him and Matt had really good chemistry. It's, it was nowhere near as good as the classic that him and Nick Jackson had uh, just a few years ago on Dynamite. But this was still a lot of fun. Ray Phoenix seemed to counter just about every single move Matt was trying to do, you know, uh, with the running turnbuckle kicks, like that reverse 619 thing he does, you know, he um, just this, and if he gets super kicked by Matt, he hits the insecurity and then he hits a pile driver to win. It was a fun match and I'm hoping they do Pack versus Nick Jackson. At some point in the near future, I'm really hoping that after they saw that, like, let's do Pack versus versus Nick, because that match could be just as crazy, if not crazier, than the Ray Phoenix match. I would love to see that very much. So we're probably we were definitely going to be getting uh, Death Triangle uh, versus the Young Bucks in the very near future. Uh, we also saw Darby Darby Allen versus uh, Scorpio Sky for the TNT Championship. Uh, this is a fun match, and we saw Scorpio Sky officially turn heel in this match. Now, I loved this. I loved that we got Scorpio Sky to turn heel because he's been kind of floundering, to be honest. He's kind of been um, just just there, honestly. He hasn't been doing much, you know. Um, and he was already sh- showing a bit of an attitude on uh, the the commentary table when he was at the wh- whoever's match it was for Dynamite the previous week, and he was like, you know, he's like, oh, I'm already finished Revolution. He's like, all these people, these people are going to have the luxury of getting in the ring with me. He was already acting like a heel, but he properly turned heel when he attacked Darby Allen after the match and had him in this this uh, this heel hook. Um, I'm excited to see where this goes for Scorpio Sky because I've always liked him. I've always enjoyed his work. I always enjoyed the SCU stuff. But now it's time to see where he can flourish on his own as a heel. Um, do I think he could take the title off of Darby Allen? Nah, not anytime soon. Darby, they've got a lot of um, they've got a lot of stock in. They've got a lot of um, they've got a lot of. Uh, Invested in Darby is what I'm trying to say. They have a lot of invested in Darby Allen because you know he's he's one of my favorite wrestlers. He's got the like he's got, got the Jeff Hardy cool factor. There's something different about him, you know. You know, 
girls love them, guys love them, kids love them, and you can do a lot of marketing with kids, you know? You know, see, you know, when the, before COVID happened, you saw some kids, like, dressing up like Darby with the half face paint, same thing with Orange Cassidy, you know, if you can get a kid to want to dress up like you at a, at a show, then you're going somewhere as a baby face, and I think Darby's only going to go higher and higher from here. I, I think he's going to hold that TNT championship for a long, long time. I don't know who's going to take it off of him. And then we got the segment with Don Callis, the Good Brothers, and AEW World Champion Kenny Omega. It was supposed to be Tony Schiavone talking with Christian Cage. Oh, yeah, Christian Cage showed up at Revolution. I forgot to mention that, too. Um, real quickly on that, Christian Cage. I have said for a long time, and I don't know if I have much I've said on this podcast, but I've always loved Christian when he was in the WWE. Uh, I didn't really get to catch much of his TNA run because I didn't really watch TNA growing up. Um, but I always felt like Christian was a great wrestler. I always loved his work. Um, I think the work he did with Randy Orton in 2011 is probably the work of his career. He could probably beat that now, just going how good, showing how good AEW is. But I would say um, Christian could have the run of his career in AEW. Christian Cage really could. Um, because... We saw that I thought it was going to be Kurt Angle. Me and Nate guessed it'd be Kurt Angle, um, but I guess we were wrong. And Kurt Angle was just teasing all of us. Um, but Christian, I mean, you put him in the ring with anybody, he's going to have a great match. I mean, Darby Allen, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, uh, Christopher Daniels. You know, get a, a, an MJF, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, because this immediately as Christian came out and signed his contract. You know, Sammy Guevara says, respectfully, no one can outwork me. So Sammy Guevara versus Christian, uh, Jungle Boy, just the list is is endless, and the match possibilities are are amazing uh, the, of what he can do and what he can accomplish. So I'm very, very excited to see where Christian goes from here. Getting back to this segment, though. So earlier in the night, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley were drinking together somewhere, and the promo they cut was excellent. You know, Eddie Kingston saying he passed out because he thought he was gonna die because he didn't feel stress and anxiety up until when he was in when he was in jail, and the and the the, the officers were going back and forth with him saying like, "We're gonna take you to Rikers, boy," and that's when he passed out in his jail cell. He got it's like a little fire pit over. He's like, "Look at this, Kenny. Look." Look at this heat. This is real heat. See these scars I got in my hands? Not because I was playing video games. John Moxley, you know, talking shit about Kenny Omega, saying, like, I was an exploding barbed wire death match. All I got was this crappy T-shirt. He's like, ah, it's actually, and Kingston's like, oh, it's actually a pretty dope shirt. He's like, yeah, it is, but, like, you can't build a ring for shit, can you? He said that after the after the show went off the air, is that Kenny Omega may be a tough son of a bitch, but he can't build an exploding ring worth a shit. <laughs> so... As we get back to Kenny Omega, Don Callis, and the Good Brothers, Don Callis didn't confirm nor deny whether or not that was supposed to happen, but they enjoyed every second of Ken, of Eddie Kingston and John Moxley looking like complete, total idiots once it went off. Kenny Omega and Don Callis and the Good Brothers are making fun of them. Uh, Eddie Kingston comes down. Kenny goes just... It's just talking so much shit about Eddie. He's talking shit. He's like, oh, listen, he goes, Kingston, we're going to give you 10 seconds to get out of this ring. And just so you're not, just so you know, here's the timer because you're too stupid to know what 10 seconds is like. Oh, oh no. And Kenny Omega and Don Callis like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, get him. Like, oh, Kenny also said 69 me, Don. Yes, Kenny Omega said 69 me because of how Eddie Kingston was on top of John Moxley. So they're laughing, they're laughing, and then Kenny Omega gets right in Eddie Kingston's face, and he's like, you you want to hit me, don't you, Kingston? You want to hit me, Eddie? Well, go ahead. You don't have the balls. Damn it. And Kingston just kind of shrugs his shoulders. He's like, eh. And punches, and punches Eddie. Eddie. Punches Kenny right in the fucking face. And then the brawl starts happening. Comes Gallows and Anderson. They're coming in. John Moxley comes in, and he's evening up the odds. Then next thing you know, you see... Christian Cage come in. And Christian Cage and Kenny Omega are just standing there. Kenny Omega gives his hand. And it's kind of a disingenuous handshake. Kenny tries to attack Christian. Christian and, the, and him start brawling. And then he tries to hit the kill switch. But then John Callis, the invisible hand, grabs Kenny from underneath the ring. And 
and stops him. And then Christian just immediately grabs the world championship. So with that, I have to get into this. Sean and I were texting with each other today at the time of this recording that we aren't, I mean, we're not sure how we feel about Christian going into the, the world title scene right away. Um, but look, for me, if I'm booking double or nothing coming up, and if we're going to try and get away from, you know, Kingston, uh, uh, Moxley, maybe you could throw Kingston in there as the challenger. That could be fun too. But if we're trying to get away from the whole John Moxley thing, then we're going to need somebody different. And sure, you might as well, you might argue, oh, why don't you get somebody who's on the AEW roster who's been there for a while? Why don't you get somebody who, you know, instead of an ex-WWE guy coming in and taking the spot? Listen, that's not necessarily wrong, you know, but I would say they put a lot of hype into Christian's debut, and why not capitalize on it? I don't think they're going to put the title on Christian, but... I think you should want to make your pay-per-views believable that Christian could win the championship. You want to, you know, you want to make it believable like, "Oh, you know, we don't we all know that we all know that they're going to save Kenny's, you know, dropping of the title to Hangman Adam Page." We all know this, but we all want to buy into the thing of like, "Oh, maybe this person could do it." Because we all want wrestling to be believable, and that's what AEW tries to do to the best of their ability, and I think they do that very well. So if we're doing Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega at double or nothing, take my fucking money right now. Because that's the that's the Christian Cage match I want the most. I want Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega. We all want Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. I I think that would it would probably be one of the best matches in, in Christian's career. And I think him being in AEW can truly show a group of fans just how good Christian is. Because some people, like, because Joe, good buddy of mine, is on this podcast before. He's like, sees Christian. He's like, ah, and the crowd goes mild. I'm like, dude, Christian's fucking awesome. He is. He's like, everyone's like, oh, he's not Edge. I'm like, no, he's not Edge. He's fucking Christian. And Christian's awesome. Why can't we just love Christian for what he is? Christian Cage, man. I'm excited. Look, I think that's going to be your main event match for Double or Nothing. I think it's going to be Christian Cage versus, well, maybe, I don't know about, no main event, but for sure the world title match. Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega, world title. Book it. They're going to book it. It's going to book it. It's going to be fucking awesome. So, I think the rest of the majority of this podcast what I'm going to be talking about is going to be the final segment of AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday. Oh, my good God. What can I say about this? The Inner Circle War Council. I was texting with Nate um, throughout Revolution. I was texting with him uh, after the after the show and everything. I'm like, you know, see the Inner Inner Circle War Council. I'm like, this is it. This is when Jericho gets kicked out. This is when MJF finally takes over the Inner Circle. We've been saying this for months. I've been saying this for months that the reason why MJF wants wanted to be in the Inner Circle is so he could take it over from within because he wanted his own faction. It starts off with, you know, the inner circle coming out. Chris Jericho saying, maybe we need to add a new member. MJF saying, honestly, Chris, I think we need to get rid of a member. Then out comes Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara comes out from the baby face tunnel and he just says, He's like, Chris, look, I need you to listen. Like, Sammy, you're dead to me. No, I need you to listen to me. Everything we've been in through, the first time in my inner circle, everything, I need you to listen to me. I need you to watch this. Sammy sets up a camera in the back room, leaves it there. Then you see it kind of flashes forward. Then you see Jake Hager, Santana, and Ortiz coming, uh, all talking to each other. In comes MJF. He's like, all right, boys, tonight's the night. Tonight's the night where we finally kick out Chris Jericho. Now, I need you to know, are you with me? And they're like, yeah. We're with you, Max. We're with you. And then you see Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho standing there on one side. MJF's like, well, guess the cat's out of the bag, Chris. I really didn't want you to find out this way. But get him. He barks at Hager, Santana, and Ortiz to go get Guevara and Jericho. And now it's four on two. Until when they walk by Jericho and Guevara, they turn to MJF. It was a ruse all along. 
Chris Jericho and the inner circle are all united. He's all, and MJF's like, what? what are and, and, and then Chris Jericho's like, just shut up, you stupid son of a bitch. And he's like, do you really think, did you really think that we don't talk to each other every day? Do you really think that we weren't, we didn't know this is what you wanted to do from the beginning? It's obvious you wanted to take over the inner circle. We've known this for months. And now we're finally going to take out the trash. We're going to give you a good old inner circle beatdown. And MJF's cowering in the corner. He's like, no, 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 Chris, Chris, please wait, wait, Chris. Because like, it's like, it's too late for that. Like we, and that, so it was a ruse. Sammy Guevara didn't leave the inner, well, kind of, didn't leave the inner circle. It was just so they could get one on MJF. And MJF's like, Chris, I swear to you, I swear to you, Chris, I, I wasn't trying to take over the inner circle. Because I was too busy forming my own. And everyone's like, what? Lights go out. And when lights come back on, behind the inner circle is Wardlow, FTR, and Tully Blanchard, and Sean Spears. And they beat the shit out of the living circle. Uh, living circle. Out of, out of the inner circle. And they beat them down. Sean Spears takes a chair on the bottom turnbuckle and throws Sammy Guevara into it. FTR make quick waste of Santana and Ortiz. Jake, uh, Wardlow takes out Jake Hager. And then Chris Jericho's all bloody. They beat him up with the bat. And then towards the end of the segment, you see Wardlow taking a bloody, battered up, beaten up Chris Jericho and send him through a table on top of the stage. MJF has created his own faction. I said in the predictions that I felt that Cody was going to turn heel, win the ladder match, and he was going to be the missing link to that faction because we saw Arn Anderson kept showing up. I and and I thought that MJF was going to take over the inner circle. I didn't even think that those two theories were going to be mixed together minus Cody, minus MJF taking over the inner circle. This was it was it was kind of swerve after swerve after swerve, but it made so much sense. Now MJF, now he's got his own his own faction, like he said he was going to do. He, because he didn't want. We learned he didn't want to join the inner circle or take it over. He wanted to be in the inner circle so he can learn how a faction operates, so he can learn what you need. The guy on top, the muscle, the mid-card guy, and a tag team. So everybody has their spot. And I loved it. This this was one of my favorite segments AEW has ever done. And as much as I would have loved a Cody heel turn, I guess he's not turning heel anytime soon. He's staying babyface for a while. But I loved this. This this just puts MJF at the top of the card. This this makes him a top heel if he wasn't a top heel already. And in a weird way, he turned heel when he was already a heel. I mean, it, it's it's just so great. It is so, so great. I didn't think in a million years this, this was going to happen. Oh my god, I just I was blown away by the segment. I was blown away. It, I I knew it had to be something big when they gave it the main event segment. I knew it had to be something big, and it was. MJF has his own inner circle, his own faction, but we don't know the name of this faction. I guess we'll find out on Dynamite, and that is something for sure that AEW has done is that they may have made sure that you tune into Dynamite every single week, even though. NXT tried to do a good job with stirring you over to watch NXT. You know, they had the title match between Adam Cole and Finn Balor, the NXT Women's Championship match between, uh, sorry, uh, Tony Storm and Io Shirai, and now they there are new NXT Women's Tag Team titles. The first champions being Dakota Kai and uh, Raquel Gonzalez, and now they defended the titles, and they lost in the Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. Um, just... I thought it was a try a good way of countermeasures towards NXT to AEW, but uh, it just didn't work out in the long run. In the end, it just didn't work out. This this inner circle segment was just this MJF faction thing was just too good. It's just too good, and it's making me want to watch Dynamite every single week. 
NXT needs to move to Tuesdays or Thursdays or something because I just I try to keep up with both and it's hard. It's really really hard for this podcast. There was a report a little while ago saying that they were going to move to uh, uh, Tuesday nights, but I don't know. It's it's just got to happen because I don't want to see NXT eventually die off, and then you know Vince will be like, "Oh well, you know it's not drawing enough ratings. It's not doing this. What's wrong? They're not doing like well, you know what, dude? You're the one who wanted to put them week to week against Dynamite when WWE is going like, "Oh, they're not competition. We're not worried about that." When you fucking put them up against AEW, which is your top competitor. So, yeah, that's what you're doing there, Vince. That is what you're doing. You 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 want you you want to go against AEW. Maybe Triple H didn't, but you certainly do. You certainly do. Um, we'll wrap up a few more things before we end this podcast. Um, it appears that John Laurinaitis is now the new head of talent relations, um, replacing Mark Carano. Uh, the backstage feel about this is not the best from what I understand. You know, uh, Laurinaitis was in charge where, you know, the women's wrestling wasn't necessarily handled too well. It's handled better now, but eh, it's, it's debatable depending on NXT, main roster bullshit. Um, that's the word backstage that they're not too keen on how John Laurinaitis is going to be perceived as the new head of talent relations. I mean, I don't know how worse it could be. I really don't. I really don't know how things could be worse in WWE right now. Um, this episode of Raw that happened, you know, Bobby Lashley just squashed The Miz. We're not really sure who he's going to face at Mania. I guess it's going to be Drew McIntyre. Um, Drew versus Sheamus was pretty fun. You know, those guys beat the shit out of each other, and they had so many marks on the backs uh, on both their backs. And then Randy Orton just decided to uh, call out Soldier Boy. He's like, hey, Soldier Boy, you still think this is fucking fake? <laughs> Which I... Never in a million years I would have thought Randy Orton was call, being, calling out Soldier Boy wanting to fuck him up, which he should. Um, you know it's no, it's not really clear as to where the um, the picture of WrestleMania is um, because I saw a report from WrestleVote saying that hearing the WrestleMania card is not close close to finalized, close to be finalized, and quote most of it is back to square one end quote. Even for recent Vince standards, 29 days out is bad. Yeah, so apparently the WrestleMania card isn't even finalized yet. That's not good. That is really, really not good. So we already know we're getting Edge versus Roman Reigns. We're getting Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. But they don't know what else they're doing. I guess they don't know what they're doing with the WWE Championship. They don't know what they're doing with the tag titles. They don't know what they're doing with other storylines, with the Raw Women's title. They don't know what they're doing at all. And that is just shocking, you know? Even back in, like, WrestleMania 29, I remember reading reports because it's the first WrestleMania I went to, and they had things planned for, for a long, long time. They had things planned for every matchup, just about, just about at least ideas they were thrown out like this. It's like, there's barely, I mean... It seems like in recent years, there's been less and less and less and less reports about what matches are going to happen at Mania. I mean, what happened to this place? What happened? You had plans, even though if some people were just like, oh, I'm not crazy about that fucking idea. At least they had a plan. At least it's like, oh, it's going to be Roman Reigns versus Triple H. Well, I don't like that match. At least it was a fucking plan. This, it's like, they don't know. What they... It just goes to show, like, they really don't know what the fuck they're doing. They really, really do not know what the fuck they are doing. Um, that's a shame because this is going to be the first event that they've had with fans. Uh, this is going to be the first event they've had since COVID. Uh, with fan, like you know, I think the last uh, the last event for uh for WWE was like a SmackDown somewhere. Uh, and it was just, and then after that, everything started to shut down, you know, but we've got the, um, we've got the scheduling now for WrestleMania coming up this, um, for this year, the NXT takeover, uh, called stand and deliver is going to be held over two nights between April, April 7th and April 8th. So the Wednesday and the Thursday, um, I don't know what I'm going to be doing <laughs> as far as those predictions go. That, 
that is really, really fucking crazy. Um, I guess what I'll have to do is I'll have to do predictions for the NXT TakeOver uh, the week prior. And I don't know what I'm going to do, man. I really don't. Because uh, I'll, I'll have to do TakeOver predictions the week prior because I do my podcasts on Thursday nights and Friday mornings. They're up for you guys. So, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be really, really fucking tough. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, and then WrestleMania, obviously, is going to be holding uh, two nights from April 10th to April 11th. On, I believe the Saturday and the Sunday. So, <laughs> I, uh, I'm i an advocate for doing, well, I was an advocate last year for the two-night two mania. Not so sure about this time, but look, as long as it's, as long as we don't get like, you know, two eight-hour WrestleManias, uh, two eight-hour uh, shows, then I think we're fine. I think two four-hour shows is fine. Or hell, even just one four-hour show or one five-hour show is even fine. The, the, the fact that Mania has, has gotten longer and longer and longer over the years, it's just so ridiculous. Ridiculous! I get you want to get your roster on. I I get you want to get everybody paid, but come on, man! Think of the fans. We're, we we there's only so much wrestling we can take. As much as we love wrestling and we love WrestleMania, there's only so much of this shit we can watch and we can stomach. You know, I I just I'm hoping this year's WrestleMania will be good. I'm hoping that we it'll be a fun show. But with this report that I just read a moment ago. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I mean, obviously, the in-ring talent, things will go. But for me, if I'm booking the rest of this WrestleMania card, if I'm taking with what I have, all right, they're already going to do Edge versus Roman Reigns. We know that. They're going to do Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. We know that. Uh, they're definitely going to be doing The Fiend versus Randy Orton because that's what this whole thing has been going on for, which I feel like they keep doing all this stuff for The Fiend and Randy Orton with Alexa Bliss involved, and I feel like they just keep, they're building it up as if WrestleMania is happening, like, you know, in a few weeks when it's, like, in a month. You know, we got still have five weeks worth of TV. Don't, you know, don't blow a gasket. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Hey, that runt. <laughs> um, we're obviously going to get Fiend Randy Orton. Okay, I'm, a, I'm fine with that. Um, I would do Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. I said with Nate last week that I think after Mania there should be a shakeup of the roster, and I think Drew should go to SmackDown because he's just spinning his wheels over on Raw. I, I think we need to get Drew off of Raw and onto SmackDown, and maybe you turn Bobby Lashley babyface. Um, but there is one more thing that I forgot to mention, I failed to mention, was the weird segment of Shane McMahon and Braun Strowman. Shane McMahon's mic was incredibly loud, and you could hear him breathing like this. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm sorry for breathing in your ears right now, or your car speakers, wherever the fuck you're listening to this to, but Shane McMahon was just breathing so heavy, he seemed to have forgotten his lines. Thunderdome makes it seem like they want to cheer him, and he's like, oh, I wouldn't call you stupid, Braun Strowman. I wouldn't say you have the mind of a pea brain. I'm just like, Braun gets mad, and then he chases after Shane, thinking he's in a car, and then Braun gets pissed, and then out around the corner is Shane McMahon, and then they pipe in the booze. Well, fucking finally you pipe in the booze. We haven't liked Shane McMahon forever. Not at all. It's been too much of him. But... The fact that they want to do Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman. Are you fucking kidding me? That's another thing. Shane versus Braun? That's so fucking stupid, man. I just... Oh, Christ alive. I really don't fucking get... I really don't fucking get it. I... <laughs> it seems like every fucking WrestleMania, they, you know... It's like in the summertime, Braun Strowman seems to be doing something or he seems to be on some kind of main event level storyline. Then when WrestleMania comes around, it's like, oh, sorry, Braun. We forgot what we we're going to do with you. Let's give you Shane. I <laughs> and the other thing, this segment was designed, like as bad as it was, it was designed to make be that way, designed to make Shane be not likable. It's not just that it was a, it was just that 
it didn't look good. It didn't look good in the sense that to get Shane heat in a good way. It it just looked bad. It was it was it was laughable. It was laughable is what this this segment was. But getting back to that, getting back to my matches I would do at WrestleMania this year. So again, if I have to keep up with the with the with, with the thing that we have already, you know, with the matches that we have set up, okay. Roman versus Edge. We'll keep that. Sasha versus Bianca. We'll keep that. Randy versus The Fiend. We'll keep that too. Shane versus Braun. Okay, why the fuck not? At least that's some matches. Matt Riddle's US champion. He seems to be feuding with Mustafa Ali in the Retribution. I don't know why they're doing a title match next week when, you know, the Fastlane pay-per-view is the following week. <laughs> um, but Matt Riddle, I would have him face AJ Styles for the U.S. Championship. I think that Matt Riddle has a... I think I'm glad that he won the U.S. title. And I'm glad that he is... You know, getting a proper push. Because Matt Riddle is a very unique performer. He's a unique wrestler. And, you know, I, I think him having a shining moment at WrestleMania could really work for him. Actually, you know what? What would be better is uh, you could do style, you could do Styles versus Riddle. Or you could do Keith Lee versus Matt Riddle. Keith Lee versus Matt Riddle could be an actually potentially an even better match. Because of how well these guys know each other and how well they've worked together. I think you should do Matt Riddle versus Keith Lee for the U.S. Championship, and Keith Lee walks out of WrestleMania with the United States Championship. Maybe Matt Riddle turns heel in the process. Who knows? Uh, the Women's Championship. It's got to be... Look, Rhea Ripley's got to get involved. Charlotte doesn't have to, but they're going to throw Charlotte in there. So you want to do Charlotte? I would do Charlotte versus Rhea, where Rhea gets, his, gets her win back. If not, what I would uh, one good way is to do a triple threat: Asuka versus Rhea versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. Do that. Uh, Rhea can pin Charlotte in the match, hitting the Riptide. Then she gets her win back. Then she can feud with Asuka for the, throughout the rest of the few months. And then at SummerSlam, we build to uh, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley at SummerSlam, the rubber match, and Rhea can finally get. She can win the series, get the win over Charlotte, and then she's the top woman and uh, the top baby face on Raw, the top female baby face. Because I've said it before, I think Rhea Ripley will be a bigger star than Becky Lynch. I think she, I think she can carry the women's division. Not carry, but I think she can be a key player in the women's division. I think she can really hold her own. She's great in the mic. She's great in ring. She's a very unique look. And that's something that WWE really needs to capitalize on. You need to understand how important this girl is and how talented she is because she still hasn't made her debut on Raw yet. We saw like, oh, Rhea Ripley coming soon to Raw. Well, where is she? If she's going to be in the fucking title match at, at Mania, then you need to get her in now. You need to get her in now. But... <laughs> Who knows? Who the fuck knows? If it, at this rate, Rhea Ripley's going to debut after WrestleMania. Because like, oh, well, it's too soon and we got nothing for you. Fuck you. Know what the fuck you're doing with your with your wrestlers. For, for Christ's sakes. Uh, what else can we do? Um, Air Continental Championship. I mean, we can't have Christian versus Big E now. <laughs> but um, we could do some kind of ladder match. You know, maybe Big E... Uh, Apollo Cruz, Nakamura, Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, some of that ilk. You know, do something like that. You could uh, Seth Rollins versus Big E could be good too. Seth Rollins, I think uh, Big E getting a win over Seth Rollins could be really, really well done. Um, one thing I just, if it is a ladder match, you know, I. I'd hope we'd see guys like Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy and, and Andrade involved. I think I'm not sure if Andrade's on Raw or SmackDown, but the the fact of the matter is is like these are three guys who who are immensely talented and a while ago Vince said he the report's saying that he didn't see anything in Andrade or Aleister Black. That that, that <laughs> I, I don't understand that. 
I, I really, really fucking don't. I, I, I true. I mean, we've all kind of thought this already, but Vince is—he's got to be out of touch by now. He just has to be, because why the fuck do you not see anything in Alistair Black? You know, I get Andrade. I, I, I kind of get Andrade because maybe the whole language barrier thing, and he's not the best English speaker. But you had Zelina Vega there to be his mouthpiece, and you fucking broke up that faction. Um, you know, I, I just. Alistair Black, man, you know, he he has, he is so unique. You know, you got a little bit of Taker in him. He's got a bit of an MMA style. You know, the, I mean, the fucking Black Mass, dude. Any finisher with a kick is just amazing. Look at the Claymore kick. Look at the Black Mass. They're just, they're just, oh, they're fucking perfect finishers. But Vince just like, no, I, I, just, I, I just don't see anything in these guys. What, what, what's this with this, uh... This emo-looking guy. Fucking hell, man. Just, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would love for Big E to have a big singles match at WrestleMania. Maybe we can do Big E versus Seth Rollins without the Intercontinental Championship. Maybe the Intercontinental Championship can go to Apollo Crews, and then we can get a ladder match. Which, Apollo Crews, by the way, I'm liking his new character. I'm liking that he's turned heel and he's and they're doing something with him, you know. He got a win over Nakamura and everything, but I'm I'm really digging his new character, you know, a Nigerian uh, you know, pr- uh, royalty prince. Um I do think the black Afri- the African soldiers, the black soldiers uh behind him uh is not necessarily the best idea or best thing you might you might want to do especially in a time of right now with you know racism at an all-time high or just being a very sensitive topic i don't think it's necessarily a good idea to portray um him in that in that way per se but uh let's just hope it kind of nicks that idea um and then what else do you do with the tag titles i mean hurt business of the tag team champions and then I think Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler are the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I mean, I, I guess you could do Street Profits versus Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Or better yet, you could do the Usos. Maybe Jimmy Uso will be okay by then and then get the tag titles back on the Usos. For the Hurt Business, um, I don't see like any... I. Honestly, I really just, I think the tag team division is just so depleted that it's honestly, it, like the tag team division is literally just, in 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 the main roster WWE sense is uh, Street Profits, uh, War Dogs, I think, or Dirty Dogs, uh, Robert Roode, Dolph Ziggler, um, The New Day with Woods and Kofi, and The Hurt Business, and then Retribution. That's like that. That's the entire tag division of WWE, and they have royally, royally fucked all of it up. Like, there's no tag division. There is. There's no tag division. It's 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 minuscule. Even NXT's been affected by it a little bit, which which is sad because the tag division was stellar in NXT at one point. Ah oh, man, you know maybe maybe you do. Um, Raw, Raw tag titles, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, but SmackDown tag titles, I would do. Um, maybe I do the dirty, uh, the 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 Dirty Dogs versus uh, Street Profits versus uh, the Usos, and then maybe we get Usos versus Street Profits after WrestleMania. Hell, if Jimmy Uso is ready to come back sooner, why don't we do? Why don't we get the tag titles off of Rude and Rude and Ziggler? Put them on. Uh, Put them on back on the Street Profits, and then let's fucking get Street Profits versus the Usos at WrestleMania for the tag titles. Let's fucking do that, you know? Because we've seen Street Profits versus New Day, and that was a fun match. But let's let's get Street Profits versus the Usos. You know, I miss I miss the Usos as much as I love you know main event Jay Uso and his whole and his whole run. Um, I think we got to see the Usos come back, man. And when Jimmy can come back healthy and, cl- and clear, let's. Let's do it. You know, get those tag strats back on them. And make this faction full of gold. Or this potential faction with Roman Reigns. And, I don't know. I would think that, you know, 
uh, at some point we're going to have this this uh, tribal chief-esque faction, Samoan faction, because some people are saying to get uh, Apollo Crews in there as the Intercontinental Champion, and I'll be down for that. Because I don't know what other Samoan wrestlers you can get in there that kind of makes sense for it, but definitely get Apollo Crews in this uh, align himself with Roman Reigns and the Usos. And have Reigns as the Universal Champion, Cruz as Intercontinental Champion, and the Usos as SmackDown Tag Team Champions once again. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I think I will be signing off. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I hope you guys all enjoyed my band Hollow Heroes' new single, Alone. You can find that on Apple Music and Spotify and wherever you can find uh, your music platforms. You can also find it on YouTube. Just type in Alone Hollow Heroes. You can watch the video. You can watch the YouTube video. Follow us uh on Instagram, like I said, at Hollow Heroes. And follow us here at the podcast, at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast, on Twitter, at TNAWP, the Not Another Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you can find your podcast formats. Uh, hope you all guys enjoy... Uh, enjoyed this episode hope you guys enjoyed the song you're gonna be hearing a lot more from hollow heroes from us from my band uh in the very near future uh i will be dropping songs as they come out i'll be giving you announcements on when new music is coming out all of that fun stuff and thank you guys again so much for listening i've been cj palmasano and i'll see you next time